In those days, Mary set out, and she went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the loneliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. In 2013, a woman named Diana Nyad became the first person ever to swim from Cuba to Key West without a shark cage. She swam 111 miles in 53 hours to make this crossing. She had tried it four times before and failed because of water conditions, sharks, jellyfish, currents, and finally on her fifth try, at the age of 64, she succeeded. In an interview afterwards, Diana talked about the swim, about sharks circling around her in the middle of the ocean, jellyfish stings covering her entire body, even inside her mouth. During the swim, Diana became dehydrated. Her body swelled up, and at night she was so cold that her team decided not to feed her so that she could try to keep going in order to keep warm. One of the interviewers asked her, how do you keep going? How do you get through it? And in response, Diana said that in the times when she was full of doubts and wasn't sure she could make it, when the darkness felt threatening and the ocean full of terrors, when she was worn out and swimming against the current, when her faith and strength wavered, when it felt like the dawn would never arrive she would hum and sing to herself to keep going. This week I read a quote from a theologian named Rolf Jacobson who said, we are a people who do not just speak the good news, we sing it. And this has been true throughout the history of God's people. When God led the Israelites through the Red Sea and defeated the army chasing them, what did the people do? They sang 
after Daniel was granted wisdom that would allow him to live safely in exile, he sang. When Paul and Silas were locked in prison, they sang. And in the first century, when a man named Pliny the Younger, which is what we thought about naming our son, wrote a letter to the Roman emperor to try to describe this strange new group of people who followed a crucified man named Jesus. He wrote, they're in the habit of meeting on a fixed day before it is light where they sing alternate verses to Christ as to a God. We've always been people who sing during times of joy and times of sorrow, during times of hope and grief, during times of confidence and fear, we sing. We were created to sing. The Bible tells us that around the throne of God is a great multitude of creatures and angels and the saints who have gone before us, and they sing. And we were made to do the same. There's something about music, about song that is mysterious and and kind of magical. It's hard to describe, but we've all felt the power that song has. That music is a holy thing. It does something to us. Music and song have this ability to transport us to a different place. A place where for a few moments, we feel the presence of God. Where the boundary between us and God seems so thin. Like our soul is somehow mingling with the spirit of God and feels fulfilled, peace, and at rest. I saw it a few weeks ago when Ellie and Osman were right here in worship playing Let There Be Peace on Earth. And my daughter was captivated by it. Penny, you were sitting right in the front row right there where you're sitting right now. And when the music started, she set down all of her toys and she sat up perfectly straight. And her eyes were glued to Ellie and that violin and she sat frozen for the whole song, spellbound. It moved her. Song calls to us. It gives voice to our deepest joys and our greatest sorrows in a way that speech cannot. It gives voice to our our deepest longings and our most treasured hopes in a way that transcends the limits of human speech. Whenever a patient died while I was serving as their chaplain, I would go to the top level of the hospital and play the same song, a haunting song about death and new life, about hope born amid sadness. And that song was my prayer. It, it communicated my, what my words cannot, that gave voice to my, my love and hope for this person as it flew across the rooftops of Philadelphia and into the halls of God. We are people who sing. We've been singing about the good news of Jesus ever since his birth was announced to a young, unwed woman named Mary. After she received the news that she was pregnant, Mary left home and traveled to see her cousin Elizabeth. We don't know why, The angel had told Mary that Elizabeth was also pregnant in a miraculous way. See, Elizabeth had never been able to conceive a child, and now she was way too old to have one. And so perhaps Mary just wanted to get some proof. 
that what this angel had told her was true. It's possible that Mary also just wanted to get away for a little while because when word got around that she was pregnant and the baby's father was not her fiancé, Joseph, she would probably face a fair amount of judgment and criticism and gossip. And so who can blame her if she wanted to get away for a few months? But I think... Mary probably went to visit Elizabeth for the most obvious reason, and that's so they could just celebrate and be together. They were both experiencing something wonderful, and as I learned when Annie was pregnant, being around other pregnant women when you're pregnant who are going through the same thing that you're going through, experiencing what you're experiencing, that's a joy and a gift. I mean, it's always better when you're going through something big to go through it with other people. And so when Mary arrived and saw her cousin, she sang. She sang words that have echoed down throughout the ages. We call her song the Magnificat because that's the Latin word for the first phrase that Mary sings. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. We sing these words whenever we sing Holden Evening Prayers. We will this Wednesday, and we'll sing them again in just a few minutes. But I wonder, why did Mary sing? Maybe it was the only way to express what she was feeling. Maybe her joy was bubbling up and the words just couldn't be stopped. And so she had to sing like Tennyson wrote so long ago, I do but sing because I must. But even more, Mary sang because she had something worth singing about. The news that she was pregnant wasn't just exciting for her. It mattered for everyone. The angel said that the child in her womb was the Son of God, the very physical manifestation of God dwelling with us here on earth, that his kingdom would have no end, that he would save and deliver the people from their sins, which means that, yes, Christmas song I keep hearing on the radio, Mary did know. That one took a little while, good. (laughs) And that knowledge was worth singing about because Jesus' birth was about to change everything forever. It was worth singing about because God had chosen her. Her, not some rich princess or powerful ruler, but her, a peasant woman from nowhere with nothing extraordinary about her, far removed from any place of influence. God had chosen her to bring the Son of God into this world. And that mattered. It pointed to the truth that a great reversal was coming, where the lowly are lifted up and the proud brought low, where justice reigns and righteousness is known, where the hungry are filled with good things, and tyrants are pulled down from their thrones, and mercy is proclaimed throughout the land, and God's promises are made true. And all of that was coming. All of it would be fulfilled. And the life, death, 
and resurrection of Jesus, the little baby she now carried within her womb. So of course she had to sing to wipe away all tears for the dawn had drawn near and the world was about to turn. Why do we sing? In 1967, a poet named Joan Walsh England wrote, a bird does not sing because he has an answer. He sings because he has a song. That's why we sing. Because we have a song. And it's a song worth singing. And it doesn't really matter if we're good at singing or not. (laughs) What matters is the song. What matters is that God is so good, we scarce can take it in. That through Christ it's well with our soul, that the one long expected is coming, born to set thy people free, that our hope is built on nothing less, that he came down that we may have peace to ransom captive Israel, offering forgiveness Comfort and joy, listen. Can you hear the song? All earth is hopeful. Heaven and nature sings. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Joyful, all ye nations rise, giving all glory, laud, and honor. For this, this is Christ the King, a mighty fortress. Thou my soul's shelter and thou my high tower, the church's one foundation, free to all a healing stream, a home within the wilderness, a rest within the way. Do you hear the song? Come, ye faithful, raise the strain, rise up. O saints of God, sing, sing a new song for now. All the vault of heaven resounds, and trumpets are resounding in glorious light. As early in the morning our song shall rise to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. For Jesus, out of every nation, has redeemed us by his blood, and all people from all the ends of earth are gathered into one, As children of the heavenly Father, do you hear it? Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. The one who is our help in ages past and our hope for years to come. The one who reminds us that though the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. Just the name of Jesus charms our fears and bids our sorrows cease. He calls us just as we are without one plea and makes us heirs of salvation, trusting his promise. So faithfully now God's praise we sing. Why do we sing? For the same reason Mary sang. 
We sing because we have a song. And it's a song worth singing. For if Christ is Lord over heaven and earth, how can we keep from singing? Amen.